Hello and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to geek out about Buffy. Today's episode is Season 2, Episode 14, Innocence. We have finally caught up (laughs) to where I started watching um, this show airing. So this was your first episode? This was my first episode. Okay. Um, And so now I can finally shut up about it. (laughs) (laughs) About like, oh, well, when I joined. um, And it's fun. Every single time I watch this episode, I'm reminded why this made me fall in love with Buffy. Oh, yeah. Like this. I, I watch it and I'm like, this is what I should show people. Because mm-hmm. it is so packed yeah. with such incredible stuff from high to low. Like, just the best. It's got such great comedy, such great emotions, story, mm-hmm. like, interactions with people and developments. Like, it's just so well done. This is one of the best episodes, in my opinion. I agree. It's definitely, this is, like, top a top-tier episode, for sure. So it all, it, I, I never, I get surprised and then I'm not surprised every time I watch it. I'm like, oh, right. Of course I yeah. was just like head over heels. Give me whatever you got, Buffy. I, I'm with you till the end. I agree. Um, And I, so, so for anybody who's listening along and not watching along, uh, this is the episode after Buffy's birthday, Angel and Buffy had sex the previous episode. Angel runs outside and he's going, Buffy! And so Mm -hmm. this episode is Angel loses his soul and becomes Angelus again. Mm -hmm. And all of the, and the judge, you know, comes to full, tries to come to full power. And so like everything, every, this is an episode where like everything kind of comes out. Yeah, well, it's also, God, it sets up so much stuff for later episodes, and I don't even just mean later episodes in this season. I mean, like, like all the way to, like, the season seven finale, like, with regards to Buffy's, like, ingenuity and everything. It's, like, just amazing. It's so good. Yeah, there there was something I was going to say. Maybe I'll remember it. There's a a thing in this episode that connects to another episode. I, I... didn't notice it until I watched it, but maybe we'll get to it when we get to a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that this episode opens on Spike and Drew with the judge. Oh, yeah. Like, like we end... Because you end with Angel screaming, and you would think we're going to pick right back up and see mm-hmm. what that is, because all the teasers were like, what's happening to Angel? They didn't yeah. give away what happened. They were just like, something's happening. Mm-hmm. And then you don't pick up with him, and you're like, what the fuck? And then you see in through Drusilla, like it's Drusilla and Spike and the judge and Spike's being impatient and then Drusilla collapses. Drew? What is it? Drew! (laughs) Darling, do you see something? And she feels Angel lose his soul and she's like sad Cause she, it's I, I feel like she feels the pain, but mm-hmm. then realizes what she's feeling and is excited about it. Yeah, and I, I, I love that reveal, like <laughs> and showing the how powerful Drew is. It's so good. I do also love that this is the first and only time that Spike is ever actively trying to destroy the entire world. Yeah, he, he really doesn't do that again. 
Yeah. And I think it's honestly just because he's like, he's like in a snit. He's like, well, I'm mad and I can't walk anymore. So I'm just going to destroy the whole world. He's literally throwing a fit. He's bored and he's angry. (laughs) Which I do love. I think it's super funny. But he also, in in comparison to what happens at the end of the season, the judge just kills humanity. So like... Mm -hmm. It, it does make it, it is it is it does go against what he says at the end of the season. But like you said, he's angry and he's just taking yeah. out his aggression. But it he's at least like not like fit, sucking like the world tantrum. into hell, right? Yeah. Um, and he also likes having the judge as like his commanding him because he has no power. Sure. When do we destroy the world already? My strength grows, and with every life I take, it will increase further. So let's take some. I'm bored. Yeah. I do also, I I know that we will get there, so we can wait to, like, talk about it in depth. But I want to talk about the difference between the judge speaking to Spike and Drusilla and about how they reek of humanity versus when Angelus gets back to the factory and he senses zero humanity in him. Yes. I think that's a very important distinction going forward. Even... Not even just Spike and Angel, but like Drusilla also, and it's because yes. they love each other, right? I that's think a huge that's thing absolutely for, why for our our through line narrative yeah. that we've been <laughs> following here. We'll definitely get to that. Um, I so the scene after Spike and Drew is, um, Angel. <laughs> that we we find out what happens with Angel. Yeah, I think this is one of the coolest moments in television history. Hey. You okay? You want me to call 911? No. Pain is gone. You sure? Yeah. I feel just fine. Okay. I know that's that's a huge but Angel Biting into her neck and yeah. breathing out the smoke is fucking cool. Sure. It's very cool. It's also, like, medically Stupid. impossible. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very cool to look at. I know, I know you watch and you go, wait, is, um... I mean, technically, she... If his if his fangs... Yeah, that's true. Sure, I don't know. okay. It could have, they but it's like... If into her, into her, um... Into throat, her, like, trachea... She, yeah, if it went in yeah. there and he pulled it in, I guess, because we don't know the physiology of, like, is that the word? Physiology? the I of guess. the Of vampires? We don't yeah. know how their stuff is made. But she did take a drag sure, right yeah. as he bit her. But, uh, I mean, I, not, I am not in any way <laughs> saying that it is, like, a possibility. It makes sense. I just think every time it happens, I'm like, that is such a cool idea. It's very to cool. To put it's, onto frame. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, a very, very cool moment for David Boreanaz to just sort of, like, for that to be the intro to Angelus and everything. Yeah. It, very, very cool. I, I yeah. do like it a lot it's a it's a really neat visual it's a really good moment for him it's it tells you everything you need to know with him just like barely having a line even yes very good his his i'm the bad guy now moment Mm -hmm. it's just so yeah we also not not yet in this episode i don't think but we are about to get into the leather pants era of angel (laughs) (laughs) he just like Wears nothing but leather pants for the rest of the season. Yes. Um, he he has some choice outfits as mm-hmm. Angelus. Mm-hmm. 
which which are either great or horrible depending on your taste. Yeah, I think he also starts wearing eyeliner a little. He does, yeah. yeah. He he his makeup as Angelus is a lot more. I think they were really. It's interesting because him as Angel, I feel like they tried to humanize him. Yeah, they keep he, him a lot. He softer. should look the same. Yeah, you know, as Angel to Angelus, he look, should look the same. But I feel like they gave him warmth in his makeup as yeah. Angel to make it feel like he's a person, and then they really went in on like white makeup mm-hmm. and black eyeliner to make it look like he's a monster. It also probably feels like they... also to differentiate for you. Oh, like yeah. you're witnessing this person that you care about doing these horrible things. Yeah, it also feels like they emphasized his like brow line mm-hmm. a lot more too. So it like feels like his eyes are more shaded. Yeah, Captain Forehead. Yeah, he really is. Um, so yeah, that's we. That's how we find out that Angelus is back, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a new a new villain in town. Um, and then Buffy goes home, and uh, she, Joyce kind of sees her in the stairs. Mm-hmm. And what I really love about this is. And this, the, we see it again. We see it a couple more times. Joyce is very connected with Buffy. She, we've talked about it before, where we're like, she's dumb sometimes. Yeah. Where it's like you, you should know this. But there's so much intuition with Joyce and Buffy, where she mm-hmm. knows. Like later in, or in episode one of season three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll give away what it is, but like when she stops and realizes the door, um, things like that, where she's she's got that mother connection with Buffy, and here when Buffy's coming in and she's like are you is something wrong no what would be wrong i don't know you just look you seem different like she can just tell she i think my favorite thing about it is that she doesn't actually get the word different out which Mm -hmm. i appreciate because i really hate the notion that having sex makes you look different right (laughs) because it doesn't right um so I do like that she doesn't end up doing that, but she just is like, there's something going on. Like she can yeah. tell that Buffy is like a little skittish about something and yeah. she's trying to fi- kind of figure it out. And she's like, well, whatever, if you hurry, I can drive you to school. And it like ends yes. up being just sort of like a nice interaction and they don't get, you know, it doesn't get crazy, like nothing. Yeah. They don't get into a fight. Nothing happens. And so I, yeah. I do like that moment a lot too. It's a very sweet moment where she's, because she can also tell it's not just that it would be one thing if like Buffy just had sex and her mom was like, oh, you seem because that is the old the whole trope like, oh, yeah. something's different about you. But it's it's the she had sex and he left yeah. and she hasn't heard from him. And so she's like hurting right now. So yeah. she's not necessarily noticing she's a different person, but she's noticing something is making her deeply unhappy. Right. Yeah. Um, and which I, I just think that's beautiful. I love that relationship um, chemistry. Uh, and so, and then after that, it's everybody back at the library because the last the Scoobies have heard is, uh, you know, Angel and Buffy were going to go confront the judge and them and they haven't heard from them. <laughs> uh, no, actually... they were going to, they were trying to keep all the pieces apart. They were going to, I think, confront... Um, Drew and Spike because they are they've all oh, been right. like, eight, like uh, Xander's been at the bus depot and Willow was like at the airport and that's when they realize that the judge is like put together but they had like Angel hasn't checked in and then it's like in that scene where Buffy arrives and she's right. like no he's like 
<laughs> he's, he's good gone. to go. He's all assembled. Yeah. Um, and I, I love this scene because I love Xander finds out. Well, do you think this judge guy's already been assembled? Yes. When the Buffy could be. We gotta find him. Um, we gotta go to that place, that, uh, that factory. That's where they'd hold up, right? Let's go. And do what? Besides be afraid and die? Well, nobody's asking you to go, Cordelia. If the vampires need grooming tips, we'll give you a call. Cordelia has a point. Now, if Buffy and Angel were, were harmed, then we don't stand to fare much better. Yeah? Well, those of us who were born with feelings are gonna do something about this. Xander. No, Xander's right. My God, you people are all... Well, I'm upset and I can't think of a mean word right now, but that's what you are, and we're going in the factory. Yeah. Buffy. We were just going to rescue you. Well, some of us were. What? I would have. <laughs> it's so I great. definitely love that. It's very funny. Um, it's great. But uh, yeah, that whole, that whole scene, you know, and the, the, the thread throughout this is, is Buffy coming to grips with, the first half is like Buffy coming to grips with what Angel did, like he yeah. left, <clears throat> which is also a very strong metaphor. And then the second half is when she realizes. But then after this scene, when she talks to them, is uh, Angel the one you talked back. about. Yeah, Angel coming to Spike and Drew, yeah. which is fantastic. Hurts, doesn't it? Well, you know, it kind of itches a little. Don't just stand there, burn him. Gee. Maybe he's broken. What the hell is going on? This one cannot be burned. He's clean. Clean? You mean he's... There's no humanity in him. Couldn't have said it better myself. Angel. Yeah, baby. I'm back. It's so good. I like... This is where he also kisses Spike on the forehead, right? Mm-hmm. It made me sick to my stomach seeing you being the Slayer's lapdog. <laughs> it's like... I love it. This is the beginning of the homoeroticism of Buffy the yeah. Vampire Slayer. It's okay. Because Spike and Angel definitely fucked. A hundred and ten percent. There are like three or four moments throughout the series where and Angel the series where it is the words are not spoken, but it is heavily implied that they all me just messed around. The four of yeah. them just messed around. And it always makes me think of that moment from The Office with Creed where he's like they're talking about being gay or something and he's just like well i made love with a lot of women in the 70s often outdoors in the mud and rain it's possible a man slipped in there yeah. i would have no way of knowing <laughs> it always reminds me of that where i'm just like yeah. yeah you're immortal of course you're just gonna bang it out with whoever's in front of you and right. people are like no they never did and i'm like they a hundred percent did also, Spike said as much in Angel, the series. He said, I guess I don't have to worry about that because Angel and me have never been intimate. Except that one. Like, he, yeah. They've made it canon. Like, we yeah. all. <laughs> well, the, the only issue with that is that you can argue that that just, you know, you can semantics your way out of that. But yeah. no, I don't. No. They, I don't subscribe they... to that. They definitely did. That's also <laughs> part of the issue with 
all of Spike, Drusilla, Darla, and Angel is people are misremembering that they right. have this whole history that we didn't get to see. An entire sordid past that just happened to also include having sex with one another. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We need a Spike Angel spinoff. No, where it's I don't just need their that. love story. <laughs> I don't need that. It's not a love story. I believe it was a power story. I know exactly how struggle. you would react to that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want that spinoff at all. <laughs> oh, I like I like mess Trevor up with that one. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I, as soon as I said it, I was like, I know what Chris is going to say. No. Nope. Um, but yeah, so I love Angel walking in on Spike and Drew and them, the way they find out, like the judge finding no humanity in him yeah. <clears throat> is so great. The way Drusilla celebrates Spike is happy too. I mean, he's, you can sense he's happy, but he's also like cautious mm-hmm. because there is also Angel and Drusilla history together as well. Sure. I also, um, I, I don't know if this is just a product of my having read too much fan fiction or if this is ever implied at some point legitimately, but I always had the notion that Angel was somewhat of a tormentor to Spike before yeah. he lost his soul. So it's like, he's like happy that they're back together and they might, you know, cause some trouble together. But I think he's also like, well, he's going to start having sex with Drew again like mm-hmm. in earshot of me. <laughs> right. And and then also like you know what is going to happen like what about me? What's going to happen to me? So I think there's a lot of stuff going on there which I right. I always it's, enjoy. It's great because James Marsters does a phenomenal performance of showing you like he's being present in the moment and celebrating with his friend coming back to them but you can also tell that he's putting on a show because he has a lot of thoughts happening about like what this means. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, th- I think it's a really great performance. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I love when, cause he, you know, he pisses angel off when he calls him the slayers love puppy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he grabs him and he does grab him in anger. But then when he kisses his head, it is kind of just like relieving the tension. And it's all, it's a, it's a very well done scene. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Followed by another really well done scene that actually is sad though, with the Willow. Yeah, Willow seeing Cordelia and Xander kissing in the stacks. That yeah. I like. I do like that this episode. I mean, some stuff comes back in season three, but I do like that this episode puts to bed the like Willow pining for Xander thing. Yeah, because it really she literally is like. Which just means that you'd rather be with someone you hate than be with me. And she's like, "Well, fine, I get it now." And yeah. she just, and then later in the episode, she tells him that he has gross emotional problems. Yeah, that's like, like my that favorite my thing she ever says. Let's get this straight. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. You have gross emotional problems, and things are not okay between us. But what's happening right now is more important than that. Um, I love this moment. Um, I love. <sighs> It kind of helps solidify the Xander Cordelia relationship, which mm-hmm. was in and out. Like they were just making out a bunch, but Willow solidifying it with the audience is kind of makes it a relationship because now yeah. they can be part of the Scoobies as a group. I love the nuance to Charisma Carpenter's reaction 
like the way she pulled when Willow's upset and Xander's like Willow no and chases her. Yeah. Cordelia has this look on her face like oh no and then oh wait I don't care. Yeah. Like she does this it's so perfect cuz it's just in her character like she she legit is feels bad for her that but then realizes like I don't what the why am yeah. I upset about this? I think there's also like a tiny little bit of why is he running after another girl again? Right. Kind of thing because she has just talked to Xander about well, you were so busy trying to run off and die for Buffy. Yeah. That, like, we didn't get to talk about whatever. And so that's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, I feel similarly to Cordelia that I feel to Willow about this stuff where it's like, they neither one of them can, like, win in this scenario because it's like, if he chooses Cordelia, he's, like, throwing over his oldest friend. If he chooses Willow or Buffy, he's throwing over Cordelia. And so it's like, it, I don't know. It's a very interesting dynamic that I think doesn't really get served enough until later. And then it's not even with Cordelia. It's with another girlfriend of Xander's who actually like brings it up and is like, this is bullshit. Right. <laughs> and it's just sort of like, I, yeah, I don't really, I don't think it ever got 100% what it needed for the story, but I always like those moments where it's like, why are you not paying the same amount of attention that you should be you're always running off after these other women and right. it's not what you're supposed to be doing yeah it's he's he's got a bad track record forever yeah with with his love interests until the comics yeah <laughs> i i don't know i really I, I like that moment and i love that willow uh is so quick to be grown up about it yeah mm-hmm She's she just comes like, back pretty quickly, and she just is like, yeah. we're in the middle of this horrible thing, and we can work together, but like, we're not friends right now. Right. And you have gross emotional problems. Right, yeah. And then, uh, spoiler alert, she eventually is okay with it, and it, it's, it, it juxtaposes her reaction to the way he reacted to Buffy turning him down. Like, yeah. The fact that she was able to like be mature and come around a lot quicker. Yeah. I thought spoke volumes for who Willow is. Oh, for um, sure. She's just so much more of a like well-rounded and defined character than Xander yeah. is most of the time. Yeah. Um and then the the big even more gut-wrenching scene is the one that follows, which is <sighs> Buffy coming back into Angel's spot. Angel. Hey. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. I was so worried. I didn't mean to frighten you. Where did you go? Been around. Oh, oh my god. It's freaking out. You just disappeared. What? I took off. But you didn't say anything. You just left. Yeah. I think I really wanted to stick around after that. What? You got a lot to learn about men, kiddo. Although I guess you proved that last night. What are you saying? Let's not make an issue out of it, okay? In fact, let's not talk about it at all. It happened. I, I don't understand. Was it me? Was I not good? <laughs> you were great. Really, I thought you were a pro. How can you say this to me? Lighten up. It was a good time. It doesn't mean like we have to make a big deal. It is a big deal. It's what? Bells ringing, fireworks, a dulcet choir of pretty little birdies? 
Come on, Buffy. Sound like I've never been there before. <laughs> Don't touch me. I should have known you wouldn't be able to handle it. I'll call you. Yeah, as a as a lady, <laughs> this Tell is us. like the worst thing yeah. that could happen. It's truly horrible. He like says he thought she was a real pro. Ugh. Like ugh. And he's so smarmy about the whole thing. And he's just like, and oh God, it's like, it's so, so, so nefarious and dastardly because he like, he's being sort of affectionate with her still. Like, it's so much worse than just if she had walked in and he had just like bitten her and killed her. You know what I mean? It's the mind games and the gaslighting and stuff. And it's just, and there's no explanation. Like she, she, she sort of knows pretty quickly that he like doesn't have a soul anymore, but it's like the way he's acting is still normal and human enough that it doesn't trigger her. It doesn't trigger her Slayer stuff. It's only the girl part of her that's like messed up by this. And it's like, it just, it ruins her forever about men. And it fucks her up so bad. So bad. It's yeah. It's really hard to watch. Um, Especially knowing what's coming. Yeah, especially knowing what fuck, especially knowing what's coming, because um, you love Buffy, and then mm-hmm. to just watch her hurt like this, um, there's a handful of times where she's this torn up in mm-hmm. the series, and uh, and and Angel, the the, the the shitty part is when he t- when Spike gives him shit for not killing her, he's like, you know, we do still kill people. And he's like, she did this to you, and she's more powerful than the t- slayers you killed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, she is not going to be beat by force. You have yeah. to break her. And the the part that hurts a lot, maybe not more, but the part that hurts a lot is knowing that he's right. Oh, yeah. Like, the only way to get her is to break her emotion. Because there's a moment in season five, and I won't spoil why or how, but like, she breaks emotionally mm-hmm. and is completely vulnerable. Yeah. Like she snaps. Yep. And uh, and so like watching this, knowing that you're like, fuck, he's right. He's good at it. Yeah. And he's he's got her right in the palm of his hands. Luckily, she comes around quickly in this episode and is like, he needs to die. But yeah, uh, yeah it's a I tough um, scene. I definitely agree with that. There's also. One of my favorite things that kind of calls back to to like from this season forward through the end of season three is a character that I won't say the name of in season five is talking to Buffy's next boyfriend and is like, she doesn't cry as much with you. And it's like everything with Angel was just like everything was like life or death and blah, blah, blah. And I just always think about that with this because it's like. That's not a healthy thing no. to have in your relationship to always be like, because she goes home in this episode and she just lays on her bed and sobs until Which she's working again. Yeah. Every time. Every time. It's horrible. But that's the kind of thing where I'm like, at, at a certain point, you have to realize that crying this much is not what you're supposed to be doing right, yeah. in this relationship. None of this is healthy. That's what's crazy, too, is like, 
as we've mentioned before, there's like, this is what, episode 14? Mm-hmm. So we've had 14 episodes. She wasn't really, she, they just flirted a little in season one. Yeah. A couple times. So we've had 14 episodes, mm-hmm. which is like three months, but like still. Also, not months. even 14 total episodes. He's not in every episode. They don't have right. scenes together in every episode. Yeah, they have, and and you know when she comes back, he, she's an asshole to him. So it's been like mm-hmm. two to three months that they've been, and obviously they're very into each other. They're very lustful for each other. Yeah. Um, and they said "I love you," so they either think that they're in love with each other or whatever. But it's like, yeah, she, after this, she's so stuck on this is my true love, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you haven't had a lot. Except also, for pain. You, your relationship hasn't earned that. Right. It's not it's not accurate at all. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get there. Uh, I mean it's it's I love it because it's like it is messy and it's like it's okay for characters to be written in a way where like she could you know, she could think that and not think critically about, you know, where she got in her relationship before sure. this happened. Yeah. So she's just tying all the emotion around it. Um, until much later in the series. Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, after this series of events, it's, like, they both have so much guilt wrapped up in the relationship, too, that it's, like, yeah. it almost feels like they're, like, well, we have to make it work or else it was all for nothing. And right. it's, like, it can just all be for nothing. You can let yeah. this go. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, because it's true. He, she... She experienced what he did to her, and he remembers what he did to her. So, like, they have mm-hmm. that yeah. looming over them. Well, and later then on. you know, not to get too deep into it, but she remembers what she did to him, and he remembers what he did to everyone else, right. and everything. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like, you know, all through season three, which is the biggest reason why I don't like season three, is it's just like dour and like yeah. just like this really mopey, like Wuthering Heights kind of relationship where they just both are sad at each other and angry at each other, but they still quote unquote love each other the whole time. And I'm just like, eh, like it's not, this is not fun for me anymore. They could go away. Yeah, go. Um, so yeah, that's, that whole scene is just, is so rough. Every time, every time she walks in that room, I'm like, fuck, this is going to suck. Yep. Um, I love when Jenny is, the vo- in this next scene, Jenny is the voice of the audience when her mm-hmm. uncle's just like, if he has a moment of true happiness, he's not supposed to live like a human. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to suffer. If he has a moment of happiness, his soul goes away. And she basically says something like, this is fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. Why would you not tell them that? Like, <laughs> Uncle, this is insanity. People are going to die. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you just have to like... You have to say the thing you're trying to prevent or else you like, how am I supposed to know what actually to do? Like, right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, unless he kills, get the, now she'll have to kill him. And he, Jenny right. is just like, unless he kills her first, this right. is so stupid. And yeah, she's she like, ever, like people are going to die. And he just is like, well, it's not justice. It's vengeance. And it's just like, yeah. vengeance will fucking end your shit. Yeah. <laughs> And, oh, man, I was about to say something that was going to spoil something. Yep. Uh, we'll save that for later. <laughs> trying really hard not to do it myself. Because <laughs> there's some foreshadowing in that scene. Yep. Um, um, I also, okay, so they they have the reveal 
um or they have the second part where Willow comes back and she tells Xander like we're going to work mm-hmm. through this and the angel shows up mm-hmm. and he's very sketchy and he's oh, in the yeah. shadows and he's like oh yeah the lights went out it's weird why don't you come closer it's also weird because he has his vamp face on yeah in the shadow you can hear it in the way he's talking you can yep, hear that he has teeth. and so i was just like why why do the weird like you don't have to you could mm-hmm. literally just walk up on them why yeah. try to get her to come to you it's again the like the creepy mind games because it's like he yeah. could have just waltzed into the library and put on the same show as before, or he could have just waltzed in the library and killed them all before they had right. a chance to do literally anything. And instead, right. he's like playing this long game of making them all like just dread, full of dread. Yeah, which is part of what's so fucked up about Angelus. He oh, enjoys yeah. bringing that out. It's it's what's fucked up about him, and it's what I enjoy about watching him. Yeah, especially in Angel the series, like Angelus in Angel the series is very horrifying and yeah. f- like a really great character to watch um they let but, him get darker on angel yeah. yeah they let him do some um some shit in angel they, they um, let they let angel do some shit on angel yeah <laughs> he that's doesn't my even favorite. have to be angelus sometimes yeah that's my favorite character <laughs> Me arc too. in between angel and angelus um yeah. I love, though, I will point out, I love that Xander realizes mm-hmm. when he's just like, go back and get the others. And he's like halfway back and he's like, wait, that was weird. He's like, and, like no, comes I'm not going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, right. I, I think part of it was like, why am I taking orders from Angel? Mm-hmm. And then the other part was just like, he that whole scenario was very odd. I need yeah. to go back and make sure. And then Jenny shows up. Buffy shows up. It's a whole showdown, and he knocks Buffy over, and she just kind of like collapses, mm-hmm. which shows the the strength of what he's doing to her emotionally. Oh yeah. Um, well, I think it's also. I mean, that's the first time he's ever hit her. Yeah. It's the first time he hit her. He he's already. She was already confused, and then she realized his he lost his soul, mm-hmm. and so like Angel's evil. Maybe I maybe had something to do with it. He, you know, I had this horrible experience with him. Like, there's, it's really sad watching oh, yeah. Buffy go through all this. These, this is one of the moments that I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is really, really good at acting because she runs the gamut. You know, sometimes it's sometimes it's better than others. And I think she's better, obviously, at, like, the quipping and stuff than necessarily all of the drama, except yeah. for when she's really, really good at the drama. Um, but this is one of the moments where I think she really sells it. She really sells the like emotional journey that Buffy's going on in this moment where it's like, she's, you know, she's mostly sure that he lost his soul. She, she's totally sure that he doesn't want to be with her anymore or like have sex with her anymore. And so she thinks she's bad at it. And, you know, it's just like all, and then, you know, he's hit her. And so she's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do Mm. with this? So there's like so many things running through her head. And I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is like really able to sell it in this moment in ways that she like, doesn't always get a hundred percent there. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she, I, yeah, again, this episode is just like the prime example of what the show is capable of. Yeah. I do also I think there's I think there's a really good Cordelia line in this. Oh yeah. 
Because they're like all, now they're worried. Giles is literally like, maybe we should run and hide because we don't have Angel anymore. And the judge is basically unstoppable because everything they keep on finding just says that no weapon forge can stop him. And so Cordelia literally says, This is great. There's an unkillable demon in town. Angel's joined his team. The Slayer is a basket case. I'd say we've hit bottom. I have a plan. Oh no, here's a lower place. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite deliveries of hers. It's so funny. Uh, and I think <laughs> it's such a perfect encapsulation of their relationship in this moment. But also, I like that Xander has a plan and it's a real plan. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. And this and this I, I like it here. They they hinge on his knowledge of the military yep. a lot yep. moving forward. And I like that they, I think in season four or five, he finally is like, it's all tapped out. I don't have anything yeah, else. He's like, and uh, I was like, thank you, <laughs> yeah. God. I was so tired of, remember that one time. <laughs> so the thing for me is I kind of like it because it is something that I think would stick with you because it does sort of feel like it was um, like ingrained in, in him. But yeah. I also enjoyed the notion of Xander maybe just, like, doing research in his spare time about the military yeah. so that he could, like, stay up to snuff with stuff. I just think it's funny. I th I thought it was it was very... It, it also makes sense um, uh, just, like, character-wise for him to forget. Because, like, there's plenty of stuff that I don't remember from the military. Sure, yeah. Like, you, you'll have it for a while where you're just like, oh, I remember all of this stuff. But then after a while, you're like, I don't... It's tw been too long however many years yeah, yeah i don't need to know this stuff why would i keep it it's kind of like in in uh inside out where yeah, they like yeah, yeah. take memories that you don't use and check them yeah. out <laughs> um so i like that they finally were just like okay because it was also a crutch he was yeah. also like well i was in the military so we can use this plot hole device here mm -hmm. um but yeah i i love that he does remember because he was a full soldier mm -hmm. um so that's good yeah and then they go they go, or they don't go yet. Uh, the they don't go do Xander's plan yet. They f we first get to see Buffy has a dream mm -hmm. where Angel says, "Look in front of you" or something, and uh, it reveals that Jenny knows something. And she, this scene between mm -hmm. Buffy, Jenny, and Giles, Chef's kiss. Buffy. Buffy. What do you know? Should I get the principal? No, I, I, I'll deal with this. You're you're all dismissed. Oh. Did you do it? Did you change him? For God's sake, calm down. Did you know this was going to happen? You can't just go around accusing everybody. I didn't know. Exactly. I was told. Oh, God. I was sent here to watch you. They told me to keep you and Angel apart. They never told me what would happen. Jenny. I'm sorry, Rupert. Angel was supposed to pay for what he did to my people. And me? What was I supposed to be paying for? I didn't know what would happen until after. I swear I would have told you. So it was me. I did it. I think so. I mean... I don't you... understand. The curse. If Angel achieved true happiness, even just a moment of... He would lose his soul. But how do you know you were responsible for... Oh. It is really good. My only criticism is that Buffy literally body slams her in front <laughs> of a classroom full of students. 
<laughs> but she has Giles who says, I'll take care of this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So they could they could all assume like that teacher, you know, took her to the principal or something. Sure, of course. No, I mean it like works out, but it's just she comes in so hot and it's just <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it is. I, I, I always am just like, oh shit, she yeah. like put her on the desk. And then the thing I love, there's so much there's so much great acting in this scene mm-hmm. from Jenny, Giles, and Buffy. I yeah. just I love the how everything flows because Giles is mad at Buffy and then hurt when he sees that Jenny knew. is responsible and yeah. knew and uh, or not responsible but like had a part in it and he looks so he looks so distraught that he was lied to and then his confusion on how Buffy could have but then taking the glasses off and like realizing yeah. I mean, just the the nuance of all the interactions between them. I really love this scene. Yeah. It's also, I mean, this is sort of when when Giles realizes that they slept together and he like doesn't say anything about it. It just is like, but also ugh, it's just still so gross that like that was his true happiness. Blah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I just keep thinking about it. I'm like, Blah. I know. Doesn't it, it makes me feel it, icky. It does sound very much like it's written by a man. Oh, for sure. Like his his moment of true happiness is having sex with a 17 year old virgin. Right. Like it's Ugh. so. It's also like putting himself into it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because this this was I think this one was written by Joss Whedon, right? Yes, written and directed. Yeah, well, that makes it really gross. Yeah, I mean, also <laughs> even if it wasn't like it's 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 a big plot point that he would have had to have Approved overseen anyway. And everything. Yeah, um, I. It's it, gross. It's really it's really not great. I do in the scene though. I love that <clears throat> Buffy is immediately like, "Well, curse him again, like just you right. know, do it again." Do it. And she's like, oh, "I literally can't. The like, the spell is lost. We don't know how to do any of it." Um, and they just, so she says, take me to someone who can. And that's when we find out that, um, Jenny's uncle has been killed by Angel, which I thought was a plot hole back in the day because I was like, how did Angel get in his house? Like he didn't have an invite. He just like walked in, but he's staying in a hotel. (laughs) Yeah. He's staying in a hotel. It's actually, it's a clever, it's one of those clever transitions where it says, then take me to someone who can. They cut to her uncle and he says, I knew she would bring you. And it's actually Angel and not her. And you're like, oh shit. And the fear in him is like, Mm -hmm. I'm about to die. And he does something horrible because they don't show you the body. (laughs) They They just show show you the, the blood on the wall that says, was it good for you? Which, oh my God is fucking dark and... Angel, it's so mean. Oh, it's yeah, so he's, mean. He's so awful. Because also, let's like let's be honest, it probably wasn't good for her. No. <laughs> There's almost <laughs> no way it was good for her. I believe that Angel is a selfish lover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no wrong. way he's giving her hers, too. No, yeah. <laughs> he did his thing, and then he ran out. Yeah, he was um, like, well, it was good for me. That's all that matters. High five. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, God. Could you imagine? <laughs> and so then after after that, we go to Xander's plan mm-hmm. where he has Cordelia come and he pretends like they're going to hook up in the armory. And that's all fun. That's cute. I, I like that whole thing where he like checks the soldier and everything. Look, I, I just want to give her the tour. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The tour. 
Well, you know the ladies. They like to see the big guns. Get them all hot and bothered. Can you cut me some slack? Give me a blind eye? And why should I? Well, if you do, I won't tell Colonel Newsom that your boots ain't regulation. Your post wasn't covered. You hold your gun like a sissy girl. Yeah, it's, I also... It's cool to... S- what? I love the moment where they are having just like a regular conversation. And she's like... So does looking at guns really make girls want to have sex? That's scary. Yeah, I guess. Well, does looking at guns make you want to have sex? I'm 17. Looking at linoleum makes me want to have sex. (laughs) I always thought that was so funny. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right for a 17 years old. (laughs) I'm a 17-year-old boy. Everything does. Yeah, that that whole... I just love that. All of that uh, interactions in that scene. But my favorite is Oz and Willow. Me too. Do you want to make out with me? What? Forget it. I'm sorry. Well, do you? Sometimes when I'm sitting in class, you know, I'm not thinking about class because that would never happen. I think about kissing you and it's like everything stops. It's like, it's like freeze frame. Willow kissing you. Oh, I'm not going to kiss you. What? But freeze frame. Well, to the casual observer, it would appear that you're trying to make your friend Xander jealous. Or even the score or something. And that's on the empty side. See, in my fantasy, when I'm kissing you, you're kissing me. They're so cute. They're so cute. I get When they get in the van and we start the scene, I just have a big smile because yeah. I know what's coming. And just, again, I said it last episode or wherever... Oz has the best lines in this show. Like, 100%. or not the best. He, he definitely has the best, um, like, statistically. Yeah. In that he never has a line where I'm like, whatever. Like, every single word he speaks is perfect. I think it's a lot to do with Seth Green's delivery because mm-hmm. he always has this really, really dry, um, like, sarcastic, deadpan delivery. Yeah, And so that's always what makes me laugh and what makes his stuff uh, memorable to me is because of how he how he serves it up to everybody. And so that and this also, though, this scene actually has a lot of heart to it. Like he puts a lot of emotion into it where he's like she basically Willow's basically like, do you want to make out? And he's like. He's like, sometimes I just think about kissing you when I'm in class and I'm obviously not doing schoolwork. So I'm thinking about kissing you. And she's like, oh, okay." And he's like, oh, I'm not going to kiss you, though. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like a very it's also very similar to when she asked him or he asked her out and she was like, well, I'm going to say yes. And then she immediately was like, oh, crap, I can't. So it's very similar to that. And he just is like, see, the thing about my fantasy is that when I'm kissing you, you're kissing me back. And I can't help but think that you're just trying to make Xander jealous right now. And that's just like such a level of self-awareness for like a high school senior that I kind of it's so remarkable. And then she kind of smiles about it. And so she's like, no, this is the right move. And I love that. I love that they like arrive at that place together. It's so yeah, because she you see her like he's he's obviously into me and I could very quickly because you see when she tells Xander, I I, I'll have Oz bring a van. Like, she's very much trying to make him jealous. And oh, yeah. And was like, okay. And then she's like, I have this guy who's into me. I could very easily do this. But then is more excited at the prospect of like, oh, wait, this could be like a legitimate thing. Yeah. Like, he's 
into me. He's not just trying to date me and kiss me. Like he's likes me. Definitely. And just that smile on her face. Like they're both great at acting. I think Seth Green, like you said, he just exudes this charm and ease in all situations, this calm that makes you relaxed as an audience member and then you feel relaxed for the people around him and the way he delivers these lines. It's just, I fucking love Oz. I agree. And it's it's so great that his... Oh no, that's that that hasn't come up yet. Never mind. That's about to spoil something. <clears throat> I was like, it's so great that he's calm, and then never mind. Oh yeah, no, 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 not yet. Come, couple uh, more. <laughs> yeah, I always forget when that happens. Not too many, um, just a couple, but not there. Yeah, yet. very soon. Um, I also love that Giles is ride or die with Buffy. Oh my god, it's and so a good. Heartbeat, like Jenny, and he just won Jenny back. Uh, yeah. After mm-hmm. he fucked over the relationship, he won her back. It was really sweet. And in a moment, the moment he sees that she betrayed Buffy, it's yeah. not even that she betrayed him. But it's she did. The, she did. No, yeah. yeah, she did betray him, but it's not but him it's just more... like rejecting her because yeah. of that. It's like, you did this to Buffy and she's going through this thing like, I'm with Buffy. Do you, uh, is there something I can do? Get out. I just want to help. She said get out. Yeah. Well, it's like also... If they, I, the, I, you know, you can get swept away with your hormones. I understand that. But it's the type of thing where, and I, I don't blame Jenny for this because she didn't know what the trigger was either. She knew that something was going to happen, but she didn't know what the trigger was. But it's like if they had only known that they were supposed to stay away from each other, I think at a certain point, one of them would have made the smart move. You know what I mean? Right. One of them would yeah. have been like, well, an earth ending thing is going to happen. If we stick with this, maybe we shouldn't do that. And it's just like you, if you don't have all the information, you can't make the smart choice. And so yeah. they didn't make the smart choice. They made the emotional choice. And it was through Jenny's secrecy, essentially, especially because yeah. the way you look at it here is she literally says the words, I was sent here to watch you. So it's like, right. For over a year now, Jenny's been lying to them. She, like, started up a relationship with Giles. She's been sort of helping the Scoobies doing research. And she's, like, integrated themselves or herself so into their lives that, like, it's, it's, like, so it sounds so nefarious after the fact where it's, like, I can't believe you did this. You you mm-hmm. you went so many steps farther than you needed to. You could have told us this at any point and you neglected to every single time. Yeah. And that's like... An epic betrayal. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, uh... And just... It, 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 I, I, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I, I think, regardless of how we feel about Angel and how he was grooming Buffy, mm-hmm. I think that if Angel knew, he would have... I think he would have been more inclined to be like... Because of what we see in, in season three... Um, aside from like the whole spinoff factor of it, I think he would have been more inclined if he found out like they need to be kept apart because something, some world ending thing, he would do it. He would leave. I, yeah, I think Angel would have left. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And they, they really fucked up by not doing that. But then Giles is also just like, you really, yeah, you really caused some trauma to Buffy and I'm with Buffy. Yeah, 100%. Because the other ca- other cast members, there've been times where someone's love interest 
did something wrong and mm-hmm. they're constantly arguing for them. Understandably, like you defend the person you care about. You're like, yeah. well, maybe the benefit of the doubt, blah, blah, blah. But he is like, nope, I'm with Buffy. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. I definitely agree. I think it's I think it's a really smart move, especially because in that moment, Giles could have been like, well, I just got her back. Why mm-hmm. should I have to be, why should I have to give up my thing? But he just is like, you know, my Slayer is traumatized. You have also facilitated the, you know, like turn of one of our, you know, strongest allies because the rest of them can't fight supernaturally and stuff like that. And so it's like, you know, just through being silent and not saying anything, this this has set off a chain reaction of events that like you can't, we can't undo it now. And right. so I do, I do love that. He basically just is like, no, leave. Like Buffy yeah, said, leave, you here. have to leave. Yeah. He, he legit turns his back on her. Yeah, because that's another um, good, like, general Buffy moment where Buffy's like, I need you to get out. And he defers to her. And right. it's like, nope, she said what she said. And it's an, it's another prime example of him uh, coming into the father figure role. Like, he's looks after her and, like, it cares about her comfortability and her safety. Yeah. As opposed to his happiness and his life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like taking care of your child before your yourself kind of thing definitely um and then they go they go and fight and they we get the big the big shot that's gonna be in the main title for a while yep um where they're like walking with the rocket launcher um love a good hero walk good gotta love good, a good hero, hero walk. group walk i love the uh the shot of the, I love, this is just a small thing, but Angel and Drew's face when oh they God. see the rocket launcher is so, they're just like, fuck, this is over. And they just yeah. book it. It's so, they're like, then, they're like leaping through the air yeah. trying to get away from it. And the judge is just like. What's that do? Which also, side note, is another factor of why this episode most likely hooked me so hardcore. Because it has all this deep, rich character study happening throughout the show and like really interesting story arcs but then like big action set pieces yeah. and explosions of that scale mm-hmm. on a show back then in a mall like i don't know it was just like i was like holy shit this is what this show is like yeah. i was in it also um, i do love that like because this is the like ingenuity i was talking about where it's like it was obviously xander's idea but the whole, you know, everything said no weapon forged can kill the judge. And it literally is like, yeah, when those books were written, but like now right. we have bombs. So it's like no right. swords or anything, but like we have literal bombs now. And so I do love that that was able to do it. It's like so smart. It's such a smart, cool thing. And it's the thing that makes Buffy so good. And what yeah. makes Giles so good, too, is that they're willing to hear ideas like this because sometimes you have to think outside of the box right in order for it, it to work because if giles was just a stuffy watch he'd be like no we can't get a rocket launcher that's it yeah. says no weapons forged. why go through all that yeah, but it's you like, have to it. use the quarterstaff obviously and it's just like yeah. no bitch that's just a stick <laughs> i want to watch giles take them all with a quarterstaff yeah, um right. the i will say so another another point to me watching this as my first episode i didn't fully i was also a what 17 when did this air 97 98 99 98 98 98 yeah. so i was 15 january 98. um i was 15 watching the 15 year old boy 
And I did not understand why she couldn't kill him at the mm. end of the episode. Sure. The episode definitely, I ob- obviously didn't resonate with me as much as it does now. Yeah. Just having lived another 20 years since, but, uh, or 20 some odd years, uh, since like just living life and then being a father, uh, things like that. This this episode really hits me home. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, I just was like, "Oh wow, this is all fascinating," and I didn't quite. And I also didn't have the backstory of mm-hmm. all the th- things that led up to this. So when he was just like, "You can't kill me," I was like, "Why the fuck can't he just murder the thing?" And he's like, "Doing all why kill him, kill yeah. him." <laughs> and then I like kind of got the context as I was watching the next episodes. It's like, oh, this guy like means a lot to her. Yeah. Um, and it really meant. But I I remember distinctly seeing that fight, and I was just like, "But he's right there. You can kill him so easily." You could, it'd be so fast. I think the other thing is that it's not, it is mostly what he means to her, but I think what's also fascinating is that he means a lot to kind of all of them, just based on what he can do for them. Like, this was a, this was a blow to all of them to lose him in their team, because they're weaker now, and I think that that is very interesting. Yeah, Because even Xander doesn't like him, but he still understands the need, which by the way, oh my God, that was something we didn't talk about. That's one of my favorites where I think Buffy is on the phone with Willow because they still haven't found Angel at that point. And Willow is like, you can only hear Willow's side of the conversation. And she's like, no, don't even say that. Angel is not dead. Say hi for me. Yeah. (laughs) And Willow is like, say hi for me. Like, are you out of your mind? Nothing. Yeah. So funny. She yeah, she shoots him a look and then after she hangs up, she's like, Say hi for me? Like come, come on, she's man. So mad at him. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's that's great. And then Willow also in the in the library scene earlier when Buffy is like distraught and walks out and Giles is like, No, I, I understand that blah 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 blah, but we need to know and Willow's like, Shut up, Giles. Yeah. Like just stop. You gotta stop talking now. Yeah, she's 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 a great friend. She and knows. Um, Giles comes around. He so fast. He comes around at the end. Where, that was my next note. Literally, yeah, yeah, literally, it's so good. They're in the car, and she is obviously feeling at like as low as possible. You must be so disappointed in me. No, 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 I'm not. This is all my fault. I don't believe it is. Do you want me to wag my finger at you and tell you that you acted rashly? You did, and I, and I can. I know that you loved him, and he has proven more than once that he loved you. You couldn't have known what would happen. The coming months are, are going are to be hard. I, I suspect on all of us, but if it's guilt you're looking for, Buffy, I'm, I'm not your man. All you will get from me is is my support and my respect. I love it. It is the 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 speech is one of the most perfectly written speeches. Oh it's yeah. So it's so well done because it's not it's not too heavy handed where he's just like a loving father figure, mm-hmm. but you get the sentiment from the words he uses, and yeah. they're all very carefully chosen not by him like what he says is just genuine but like the way it's just uh, it's such a great 
way to approach how she's feeling yeah and show her like i'm i'm in your corner yeah like i know you're already beating yourself up i'm not disappointed in you i think you're incredible like ugh. it's amazing it's such a beautiful i i sob every time i watch that yeah. scene it's He's, really it's really so good and then also speaking of sobbing i always cry when she's on the couch with her mom happy birthday I don't have to sing, do I? No. Well, go on, make a wish. I'll just let it burn. And lays in her mom's lap. I <laughs> am a mess. Okay, because I question Joyce's mothering abilities in that <laughs> scene because I'm like, I'm sorry, your 17-year-old daughter is like being very taciturn and not saying anything, and you ask her if she wants to blow out the candle on her birthday cupcake, and she says, just let it burn, and you just let that pass without asking follow-up <laughs> questions? But but what's beautiful, she does have a look in her face, yeah. like, she's really concerned about Buffy, and, like, yeah. she lets her, and she realizes, like, Buffy doesn't want to talk about it, and so she yeah. just, like, comforts her, and I think it's, I think it's really beautiful. I just, it's so heartbreaking yeah. to watch Buffy go through that, and then it's warming knowing, like, her mother's there for her, Giles is there for her, Mm -hmm. Willow's there for her. Um, it so is nice. It I is really know. lovely, but it is one of those moments where I'm like, that is a red flag, Joyce. Yes. <laughs> Let it burn. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's saying yeah. a lot. Also, your daughter burned down a gym. Yeah. That talk, at period, should be concerning. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. This episode is fantastic. Yep. I, I love was, it. I was I was I was so excited to talk about it. <laughs> you were like, I'm on my way. I was like, ah, I can't wait to talk. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um all right, well that that's this episode. And then uh we have phases next. Oh, so it is the next yep, it <laughs> it's is literally the next episode. The next episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of really great stuff coming up. To oh be yeah. Honest. There's a lot of really good stuff, like almost totally in a row. Like phases is not my favorite episode. But it's good, and then yeah. we just like then it's just like so many in a row, like so many. Yeah, there's so much great stuff to talk about in all of these. Yeah. Oh, I am so pumped. All right, well, um, thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Carley, and I am mostly at So I'm Watching. Um, but you can also follow my personal account at FiddleDD85. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this. Thanks. Bye. Bye.